Hey guys, it's Sarah here. Before we begin today's podcast, I wanted to read this um, little excerpt from Jamie Twerkowski, who is the founder of the organization To Write Love on Her Arms. If you feel too much, there's still a place for you here. If you feel too much, don't go. If this world is too painful, stop and rest. It's okay to stop and rest. If you need a break, it's okay to say you need a break. This life, it's not a contest, not a race, not a performance, not a thing that you win. It's okay to slow down. You are here for more than grades, more than a job, more than a promotion, more than keeping up, more than getting by. This life is not about status or opinion or appearance. You don't have to fake it. You do not have to fake it. Other people feel this way too. If your heart is broken, it's okay to say your heart is broken. If you feel stuck, it's okay to say you feel stuck. If you can't let go, it's okay to say you can't let go. You are not alone in these places. Other people feel how you feel. You are more than just your pain. You are more than wounds, more than drugs, more than death and silence. There is still some time to be surprised. There is still some time to ask for help. There is still some time to start again. There is still some time for love to find you. It's not too late. You're not alone. It's okay. Whatever you need and however long it takes, it's okay. It's okay. If you feel too much, there's still a place for you here. If you feel too much, don't go. There is still some time. And guys, if you are out there and you're struggling with mental illness, um, we ask that you please reach out for help, whether that's to a trusted family member, a professional God, or please call the suicide prevention hotline. There are so many resources available to you to get you the help that you need. And we just want to see you live another day because tomorrow needs you. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for joining this week's episode of Stories with Sarah. I have yet another Ashley on the podcast. Um, This week, it is Ashley Jordan, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear her journey and um, just hear all the things that she's overcome and what she did to get to the other side of that. And uh, I'm going to bring Ashley in right now so you guys can hear her. Hi. Hi. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so um, funny story about how this is even happening between Ashley and I. Um, we, I knew her from her ex-boyfriend, like, how long ago was it? Like, oh, like five years ago? Seven years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And so never actually met her, but followed her on Instagram because that's just what you do, right? You know, you, you Instagram stalk people. <laughs> And, um, she posted this really vulnerable story on Instagram and was just talking about how, um, you know, she has struggled with self-harm in her life and how she was struggling with these thoughts of suicide and how like she almost went through with it and kind of her journey in that moment, um, and how she was even telling us that story, um, while she was sitting there. And so I truly am just so honored that she is still here to be sharing this with us today 
And I truly believe that um, this story is going to be a source of hope for people that may be struggling with this too. Um, So Ashley, um, why don't we kind of, you know, there, you mentioned earlier when we were kind of preparing for this, that there's a difference between self-harm and suicidal thoughts. Do you want to kind of share the difference in those two before we kind of dig into it? Yeah, um, absolutely. And first of all, like, thank you for inviting me. I felt very honored and all of those good warm fuzzies. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, so I actually started self-harming at 11 years old. And so just a little kind of side story, backstory on that is I grew up in a really great home. Um, My parents are both still together um, to this day. and so I, I grew up in a really great home. There was nothing in my home that was, like, disruptive. A lot of times we think that because someone self-harms or because someone has mental illness, like, they must have come from this really rough background, but that's just absolutely not true. But mm-hmm. um, just like everyone, I think it's important that we don't judge a book by its cover. And I definitely know that I'm privileged and that I've had a blessed life, but you know, people go through things. And so even at 11, um, that was my case. I had already had like a really traumatic event in my life. And so at 11, or actually back up a little bit. So at 10, actually, I was, I remember being really young because I was still watching Disney Channel. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I think I kicked that bad habit at like 12. So I just remember being really young. And um I was, like, watching TV, and one of my cousins was talking to the adults in the room, and he said, there's this kid at at the high school I go to, and he burns himself with erasers. And I remember thinking, like, that was weird, like, why, like, why do that? And so, um, but it, it kind of just put a seed in me, I guess, that was nurtured and grew over the next year. And the best way I can kind of describe it is, and what I say to people all the time is there was a cost and the cost was like physical pain, but the payoff or the reward was, um, was like a release emotionally. And so, yeah, that, it was, that makes a lot of sense. And I think, uh, Ashley Crum in her podcast, she said, you know, she was talking about struggling with an eating disorder and she was saying that she was just carrying a lot of pain inside. And that was like her way of like getting it out. Yeah. 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 And it was just a cheap price to pay, you know, it just like mm-hmm. wasn't very expensive. And also like whenever you go through certain things, you definitely feel like your body doesn't belong to you and you didn't mm-hmm. really have any rights or say over it. And so for me, it was like, I don't know. It just made me feel like my body was my own. And so um, yeah, so I did that for seven years, um, and obviously, as a as a seventeen or eighteen year old, I had gotten a job, and those things were kind of embarrassing, you know. Like mm-hmm. I have scars on my arm, and so um, you become more aware that it's like socially unacceptable. You know <laughs> what I mean to like yeah. to do that, and um, so yeah, and saying that like, but. In, uh, I don't know. It's just like been saying that, like, I really, I wouldn't say that I was suicidal because I self-harmed. And I think that sometimes if someone is self-harming, we just automatically assume that they are. And for me, it was just like, even on really great days, I would 
still cut myself or I would still burn myself because it just made that good day better or it made that bad day better. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's crazy to talk about that because when I think on my, like, I guess you could say suicidal tendencies or whatever, however you want to phrase that, like Mm -hmm. that, those things don't correlate, you know? So I think that's important to know, Um, especially if you deal with youth that are at risk or anything like that. If you see that they're self-harming, just try to identify the root cause of that and don't just immediately do an intervention for suicide. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that may not be what they need. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember remember in high school I had a friend who um, she self-harmed, and it it was pretty bad. Like, she would – it was pretty deep. And I remember, like, everyone kind of knew that it was happening, um, but I was – like the only one who would like talk to her about it and would try to, you know, be a source of like encouragement for her. Um, You know, and I I don't even really remember what I said, but um, I think it was just that, that I was, you know, there for her and not like judging her for what she was doing, but just trying to like, to understand it and, and help where I could. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure that like changed her life. I didn't. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it did, man. Like I just, yeah, I'm sure it did. Yeah. Cause I know a lot of times people don't, don't always know what to say in those, the situations. And so sometimes you end up saying the wrong thing and you're like, well, crap, like I should have said this. And like, now I've made a mess of things. And would, what would you, um, at that point in time, what would you have wanted to hear? Or I guess, and, and also, too, at the same time, how, how did you stop self-harming? Um, well, so I think, well, I'll kind of answer with the easier one. I kind of stopped because I'm prideful. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, like, it was, I always really valued, like, my career and, like, things like that. And so, for me, I found other ways to cope. Mm. Um, I started partying or not healthy coping by any means, <laughs> but I found, I found it, I found other ways to like make it through what I was dealing with. And so that involved a lot of drinking and like I moved out and I realized like, Oh, I can drink and I can party and I can sleep around. And like, they were all just like band-aids that kind of took the place of that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what was your other question? <laughs> oh, um, oh, what would you what somebody would say to me? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, um, I don't know, it's the sad, the crazy thing is, is, like, some people knew, like, my youth pastor at the time knew, and he was, like, you know, like, cool, I hope you feel better, and that was nice, I guess, but I think that exactly what you said, like, I wish somebody would have told me that it was okay, um, but that, like, I needed real help, mm-hmm. like, especially, like, and I, I don't want to, like, offend anyone or anything, but I think, especially in religious circles, we kind of believe that God will fix everything. And I think that's, I think that's great. I think that's true. But I think also there's people on this earth that have been trained to help you with things. Yes. And why not utilize that? Absolutely. And so, and you me- know what and I mean? Mental, mental illnesses in the church, I feel like are, are so minimized and it drives me crazy, which, oh, yeah, which yeah. thankfully, Thankfully, the church that I'm at now, you know, it's like they're pro, like, you know, you getting help and they're not afraid to, like, talk about it. You know, my yeah. my uh, pastor's wife, she um, got up 
like, you know, it was, it was like a Sunday where she was talking and she shared her journey with depression, you know, and, and it's just like that, like, there's no telling like how many people were like, wow, like someone like her deals with something like that, you know, and it's just kind of er- yeah. erasing that stigma that's on mental illness. And it's just so powerful when people come out from behind it or just like, this is what's happening. You know, like we got to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just, I think that more than anything, I just, I wish someone would have said, like, it's okay to see a counselor. Yes. um, And kind of help me do that. But instead, they, you know, they they prayed for me and things, which, like, was nice. But um, I wish that, I just, yeah, exactly. Like, I just want to encourage people that are still, like, very involved in in religion and church. Like, it's okay to use this the people and the gifts that we have here on earth. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's okay to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, God, he has given those gifts and those callings to those people. And, you know, and there's there's a reason that they exist, you know? Um, yeah. Like for me and, you know, just all the trauma that I've been through in my life, you know, going to see a therapist was the best thing I ever could have done for myself. Yeah. Best thing, hands yeah, down. Absolutely. And I've only been going for like a couple months. <laughs> so No, it's life changing for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. Well that that definitely helps a lot. And um and I just also want to interject here that um I'm gonna link the to write love on her arms um website and resources for that. Um, because they do a lot of advocacy for self-harm and suicide prevention all of the above and I truly think that that is kind of a a hidden organization and not enough people know know about it yeah absolutely I I really love that organization too um they they've just always been close to my heart to be honest Mm -hmm. obviously for a lot of reasons but they are they're so cool too like (laughs) yeah I know it's like you know you're not supposed to say like things are cool or whatever but they (laughs) are like they're super like they're just hip and cool and they speak to like whatever generation they're speaking to they spoke to me and they're still speaking to people I actually used one of their campaigns recently at a school um to bring awareness to that this month so they're they're super cool yeah. So yeah, I'll link that for everybody. Um, Cause it's an amazing, amazing resource. Um, so why don't we jump into where you've been the last year and what, what that has looked like for you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get kind of emotional talking about it, but I'm not going to cry. <laughs> it's okay if you do. Um, it's okay if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So um people that know me well if they listen to this they're going to be like I've heard her say this a million times because I do say this often but I think that we all have a burden to bear and I think sometimes that's addiction and I think sometimes that's anger and I think sometimes that's lust if that's what you want to call it like people that are prone to affairs um do you want to do you want to repeat that thought I think the your um connection went a little bit out Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, like, we all have, like, burdens to bear. And so mm-hmm. I think for some people that's anger or maybe lust, like, they're prone to affairs or addiction or whatever. I don't care. Like, whatever your struggle is, we all have one. And so um, 
And I think that you can medicate those issues or that fight. And so if you have anger issues, you may, like, seek out help or whatever. But um, no matter what, like, you're going to have a fight. And Mm -hmm. so it's important that – I think it's important that you identify that fight. And because you can't – if you're, like, in denial that you have a fight, um, good luck. (laughs) Good luck getting over it. You know what I mean? And so – for me, um, I've always just had this fight against, I, I don't know, people call it different things. I call it kind of like my monster, but it's just this darkness. Like, I've always had to fight to really want to be here, like, to really want to be alive. And it's crazy because I've had a really great life. Like, I've had ups and downs like everyone, but, like, right now is a perfect example. Like, I have my dream job. Um, I have two wonderful dogs, I have my own place, like, all these things, but it's just, like, always kind of in the back of my head, like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of being here? And so um, that's always been my fight, like, just wanting to be here. And it's hard to understand that unless that's your fight. And I think that there's people that – I don't know that like go through something and they might complete suicide or something happens and you know, you have like spurts of depression and those are still very real and valid, but there's certain people that like, this is their constant fight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like this is their constant ongoing fight. And so, um, yeah. So at the beginning of the year, or I guess the end of last year at Christmas, Christmas is, uh, this is not a very popular opinion, but Christmas is, like, my least favorite. Like, it's, like, <laughs> not my thing. I don't think it's fun. I actually decided last year to embrace my, uh, I don't know, how much I dislike Christmas. Your and scroogeness. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, my scroogeness. Like, I just decided, like, you know what? Not only is this true, but it is also funny, so I'm just going to embrace it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I dealt with Christmas last year, and I – Um, it's just a hard holiday for me. I'm not really sure why, but, um, long story short, uh, it was really this summer that kind of got to me. I was having a hard time. Just, just, it was just like that fight was really strong this year. I don't really have a pinpoint on why, but it was just hard this year. And then, um, so someone really, close and my family passed away and it was somebody that had a lot of significant um I don't know how it was just someone significant in my life and they passed away and it was really really difficult um but in saying that I went to I get really emotional when I talk about this but I went to a uh a conference um for work this year and there was a police officer there and long story short, he um, just kind of, he assaulted me, and so he was a police officer. And like, what are you gonna do, right? Like, yeah, I work for I work for a rape crisis center, crisis center, and I still like knew in my gut that there was really no point. Like, there was really no point in reporting that. And I work for a rape crisis yeah. center, so like, yeah. I still like knew. Um, and yeah, so I went to that conference. Um, had this a terrible experience and then I like landed the plane home and got the call that this family member had passed away um so it was just like a hard couple of weeks and um 
Yeah, so I got I got home and I was really really busy with work, and so I was able to just not deal with it. Like I'm kind of famous for that, like <laughs> dealing with things. Yeah, um, I, so I can I was, relate. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that to an extent. Yeah. Um, I'm trying really hard to not do that anymore, but yeah. So I just got really busy with work, and I just dived into that, and I was like, I'm not thinking about this. I'm not dealing with this. Like I can't right now. And then, of course, like life does, it slowed down. And so Mm -hmm. it hit me really hard, and I had to deal with it. Um, So in saying that, I kind of impulsively uh, took a trip to San Francisco (laughs) Uh, was how I dealt with it. um, I've always been a mover. That's kind of always been my thing. I've always loved to move. Um, And... Like, anytime anything just not even gets hard, just uncomfortable, I'm like, okay, I'm moving. Like, no big yeah. deal. Well, I moved from um, Louisiana <laughs> to Washington with, like, everything I could fit in my car, and I drove a Kia Soul at the time and slept <laughs> on an air, ma- an air mattress for, like, four months, so I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, that's always been, like, above all, my biggest coping mechanism is moving. And so yeah. I was like, I just need to get out of here. I need to go somewhere where, like, no one knows my name. Mm. Um, and I just needed to just get out of here. So I literally decided at like 6 p.m. that I was going to go to San Francisco. Um, and my flight left at 5 o'clock the next morning. And I was flying out of Dallas, which is five hours away. So anyways, like it was just kind of crazy. And so I went to San Francisco and I just realized that like it wasn't helping. Um, mm-hmm. I realized that this thing, I, like I call it my monster, but it just followed me and I knew that in my heart that that was going to happen but um I think I was just hoping for different results and so I went and I came back and long story short I just I just got tired like I just yeah it was like a physical like I was just tired like I was just tired of fighting this fight I'm about to be 25 in November and I was like if it felt more than ever like I had been fighting this disease all my life, and I'm like, I don't want to fight anymore. Like, I just, it can't get much better than this because as far as circumstances go, like, I have a really great life, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so what am I waiting on? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I was just really, really tired. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, uh, it's, yeah, you just get, you just get really tired, and we've, we put a lot of reasons on, on reason like on why people would want to die. Like maybe they lost someone, or maybe I don't know. Like all these things, but sometimes it's just that life is really freaking hard. Like it's just hard, and the fight is hard, and you just get really tired, and you don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. And so that was that was it for me. Um. Yeah, so I went to San Francisco, and I came back, and I was like, you know what? Like, I'm finally going to reach out to someone. Like, I'm going to tell someone that, like, I don't know. I'm just ready. Like, I'm ready. I need help. And so I went to someone that um, that I really, I to this day, like, I really, really love and care about very, very much. Um, and I went to their house, and I was like, look, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I'm not. I just. It's not even that I'm unhappy. I'm just tired. Like, I'm just exhausted of this fight. Um, 
like I I need you and it was it's really a big deal for me to say like I need anyone <laughs> or or anything um I'm just I'm just not that type and but I was just really vulnerable and was like I need to stay here because I don't trust myself to go home mm-hmm. um and so this person like looked at me and they said um I just don't know why you would think that's my problem um like- how did that how did that make you feel in that moment where this that the person that you know you were trusting to to share this struggle with and then kind of reject you in that moment like when you were calling out for help like how did that how did that feel in that moment like what did you what like what crossed your mind when they said that um the first thing was obviously like it, it floored me and it crushed me because I wouldn't have said that to someone I hated. Um, but the second thing it did was it was like a permission slip in a weird Mm -hmm. way. It was like, um, I know that's like not what you want to hear. Like people want to hear that your heart was ripped out and that you were just like, whatever. But what really happened was it was like, I felt like the universe was like, here you go. Like, yeah this person doesn't care if you're here. So like, go, go forth with this, like do, do it. And um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And it, you know, it's crazy because I, um, I literally like, I just looked at them and I stood up and I got in my car and I drove home. And another thing that I just kind of want to mention is like, I'm not alone. Like I have a lot of people that really love me and they really care about me but in those moments like there's no salvation in people and like you it doesn't matter like I felt I felt like there was no one else in the world but me when I drove home that night you know yeah and um so in saying that yeah like I I just felt like maybe it was like my destiny like I know that sounds weird but I was just like okay like this is it. And I remember driving home and in this really weird way, I was like relieved. Like I was like, I'm not going to have to fight this anymore. Like I'm, I felt like a relief. It was just crazy. And I was figuring out what to do with my dogs. And I was just like, I'm going home and I don't, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And it was, um, it was scary in the way that you think about people that are close to you. Like you're like, for me, it's like my mom and my sister. Um, it was scary for me to think about them here without me, but I just couldn't do it. Like, I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I just couldn't fight that fight anymore. I was just tired. And, um, I just didn't have the strength in me anymore. It was just gone. And so, um, yeah. So I drove home that night and I, had a plan and you know you you think about whenever you hear about like someone completing suicide or whatever you don't you think it's like impulsive or whatever but it for me I'm like okay how can people like not like I don't want to make a mess like I don't want anyone to have to clean up after me like how can I do this in a way that's like peaceful and like so my parents can see me at my funeral and like all these things and like that's so freaking sad like it's really sad and like morbid but I'm thinking like I don't want to hurt anyone you know what I mean like I don't want to I don't want to do that and so I um I was just like on my way home I finally had this like ideal plan and 
I was making arrangements for my dogs um, with people that obviously weren't picking up that that's what I was doing, but I was like, hey, like, I'm going to need you to come by tomorrow um, and, you know, whatever, because I just really wanted my dogs to be taken care of. And so, um, anyway, so I got home, and I just felt like this is it. Like, I'm, it's okay. Like, you're going to be okay because you're not going to be here anymore. And um, I got to my apartment, and it was just, like, the weirdest, strangest thing, like, happened to me. Um, I opened this, opened the door to my apartment, and I just get really emotional because it's just been a long fight. But mm-hmm. um, I opened the door to my apartment. And I'm not kidding, like, I closed the door behind me, and it immediately, like, I walked in, like, I was opening the door with this plan to, like, end my life, and I was okay with that, I was at peace with that, but the moment, like, I shut that door behind me, this, like, thought hit me, and it was that, you have the right to be here, or you wouldn't be here, Mm. and I know people have these, like, really impactful stories of, like, what changed their life. Um, I don't have that. Like, I didn't run five miles on the treadmill like Ashley, and then this epiphany hit me. Well, I um, think I didn't pr- I, <laughs> this is what I think and what what I thought whenever I was hearing your story. Um, and, you know, in that moment, you know, because th- there was no one there with you. Like, it was just you, and you're you're walking in the door, and you're like, your mind is made up like this is what I'm doing and like I just I truly believe like and some people you know they don't believe in God that's fine um but for me it's just like I believe that like God intervened and was like no like Ashley is my daughter I made her I've given her a calling I've given her breath in her body and no one is taking it away from her because you know, I, I truly feel like for some reason that that at this point in the world that the enemy is like rampant and is like trying to get in any way that he can. Um, I don't know if you, you know about the pastor in uh, California. He, uh, mm-hmm. um, what's it called? Uh, Inland Hills. He um, recently committed suicide and he, I think it was like in April, took this sabbatical to try to get healthy and was like going to see a psychiatrist and doing all of these things and it was literally like a couple weeks after he started preaching again that he committed suicide and um and I just remember reading his story and like my heart just felt broken yeah and I was like I've never yeah. I've never even heard of this man but like for days like I was just so heavy because I'm just like why like, I was just like, I feel like the enemy is just attacking everyone. And even yeah. even me and the circumstances in my own life, I'm just like, what is happening? And I just yeah. felt this, like, call to, like, go to, like, go to war, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like, we all have our fight, but it's like, you know, we're, and we are fighting for our life. And, yeah. and it is, it is truly exhausting to, and even just, like, you know, doing the right thing. Like sometimes you're just like, I'm just tired of, of constantly having to choose this. And like, you know, my mind is wanting to do something else. And like, I'm just going to do it because I don't want to fight anymore. And, you know, I, I, 
uh, empathize with you in this, um, you know, while I, you know, I'm, I don't have those same thoughts. Like I, my heart understands, you know, and I, yeah. I just truly believe that you are reminded of your identity. You know, in that moment, yeah. you were reminded that like exactly what you were saying, that if, if you weren't meant to be here, then you wouldn't be here. And yeah. you know, I know, I know not everyone gets that moment. Um, and that yeah. like breaks my heart truly, but you know, hearing, hearing your, your videos, when you posted them, I was just like, I was just like, thank you God for, for fighting for her and for not letting the enemy win because it's just like, I'm tired of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I just, I just, I just hope people like find that somehow. And I don't, it's like crazy. Cause it's like, you can't give it to people. And I know yeah. like, it, it feels like almost hypocritical to even like, it sounds stupid. It's like, it's like, why even try? Because I know that there's nothing anybody could have said to me that night that would have changed my mind. You know what I mean? Like, there's not like, we always want to put like this fix on things. Like, well, this would have happened, like this wouldn't have happened. But sometimes it's like not that simple, you know, and obviously I don't feel that way or I wouldn't be here. But I'm just Mm -hmm. saying like, ever since then, like, I'm just like looking for like reasons to want to be here. But also, when you when you finally beat that, like, when you finally get to the point where you, like, for me, I still have, like, all the time, like, I have moments where I'm, like, I just don't want to be here anymore, and then the minute I think that, I'm, like, no, like, I fought for that will to live, and, like, it's mine now, like, you can't have it, mm-hmm. and so I don't know what I'm talking to, I'm not a, I'm not a very religious person, and so yeah. people have different, you know, like, perceptions on whatever whatever it is that I'm talking to but I'm just like (laughs) no like for me I'm like talking to myself right I'm like no like you fought for that like you almost died in the fight for that like don't you dare give that away Mm -hmm. and so um I think we have moments that shape our lives and sometimes it's moments alone in your apartment where you just realize that you want to fight for this like you want to live and if yeah. if you're out there and like you've experienced that, like if this is your fight, hold on to the moments that make you feel alive. Like for me, I'm always trying to journal or write or keep somewhere like the moments that made me feel like really happy to be here, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I can reflect on those. But um, yeah, you know. But whatever your reason is, like just try to hold on to it. And I'm not very like. It's funny because, like, I, for a living, I do human trafficking education for the panhandle of Texas. And I can speak about that, like, so fluently. And, like, um, I think I'm really good at speaking about that. And this topic is still so raw for me. I know that it's, like, rough around the edges. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, well, I mean, there's like, no, you know what I mean? There's no pretty, pretty, you know, cookie-cutter way to talk about suicide, you know? Like, it's a... yeah you just got to talk about it. Like it's not some like perfectly curated, you know, speech. It's like, this is, this is real people and this is real stuff that people are going through every, every single day. And it's like, if we can understand it better, then we will know how to show up for people, you know, because it's like, I am just like thinking 
when you were kind of uh, going through that story, I was just like, well, what would I have done if, you know, if you were my friend and you had come to me and, and said that to me, you know, it's just like, yeah, it, I, I, I sincerely hope that I would I would have done everything that I could have done to be there for you. Um, yeah. Like I always, always want to be a safe place for somebody to come and to, and just to be with them in that moment. Cause sometimes you don't really need people to talk. You just need them to, yeah, yeah. That's exactly, you just need that's their exactly presence. Was, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I think we all, are fixers um especially some of us more than others I'm a fixer like when people are like I don't like my job I'm like oh let me apply for like 50 (laughs) of them for you like that's just who I am like I'm a fixer and so um but I definitely I just like I think ideally um I I do the same thing like I say like my home is a safe space I've I love living alone because I can just let whoever I want in my house. <laughs> it's like, um, I love that about living by myself, but I just, I think it, it it's important to give someone a safe space and also say like, it's okay that you're feeling this way, but like, and not try to fix it, not be like, no, like it's okay. Or like, um, this is how you fix it. Or I don't know, like all those things just like, it's okay to feel that way. Like, how can I help? And if they say, I don't know, just, like, just be there. Like, just be present and just have, like, a space for them. Um, yeah. That, and it's hard. Like, even me, like, I've been through that. I've lived through that. And I still, like, if kids come up to me or, you know, teenagers come up to me and they're like, I'm whatever. I'm feeling this way. I'm like, let's fix it. Like, let's get it. Let's get it taken care of. But really, like. I'm learning more and more to just, like, shut up and just, like, let people feel their feelings because mm-hmm. we as humans are really resilient and we enable each other sometimes by fixing everything when sometimes if you just let people feel their feelings, their resiliency will come to life mm-hmm. and they'll fix it on their own and that will last much longer than you fixing it for them. Yeah. Yeah, something – something I always say is, you know, you, you can't help how, you can't help how you feel. And, yeah. um, cause I have a friend who, um, has a lot of anxiety and, you know, deals with some anxiety attacks and, you know, they always like apologize to me after, you know, one of their episodes and I'm like, you can't help how you feel. Like, yeah. d- don't, don't apologize to me. Like I'm, I'm here with you in this moment. Like, I'm just going to be here. Like you don't have to to put on a show you don't have to do anything or be anything like just feel how you feel and like let those emotions take their um what's the word I'm looking for like let let it run its course you know yeah like there's no you reason like such a great friend <laughs> <laughs> not always I'm not always a great friend but it's just something that that I would want somebody to do for me and um and I've like learned that because I'm I kind of just want as much information as I can. So I kind of overload myself with like podcasts and books and, you know, all that stuff. So it's just kind of something that that I just take really seriously. And, you know, with the the show 13 Reasons Why, you know, I know there's a lot of controversy with it, but um, right. it's such an important message. And however, you know, gruesome that show may be it's just like 
as a society, we've got to shine a light on it. We have to um, talk about it and we have to take it seriously. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, yeah, absolutely. yeah, I just couldn't agree more. Like, <laughs> I, I personally, yeah, you know, it's funny because, like, I had some, like, as a professional, not really personally, but as a professional, I had some dilemmas with that show. But ultimately, like, my consensus was that, like, this got people talking about something. And, like, if that was the only thing that, like, came out of that show, then it was worth it because there were people talking about that that had never talked about it before. You know, like, our local news station actually, um, uh, like, came and interviewed us about our perspectives on that show. And they, I don't think they had ever done a a story on suicide prevention, you know what I mean? But they yeah. did because that show is such a prevalent topic at that time, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, and it, it, you know, it's it's hitting on, you know, suicide prevention, it's hitting on, you know, rape culture, um, yeah, all, all that stuff that needs to be talked about, and, um, you know, I'm just, I'm so, much, I feel like excited is the wrong word to use, but I just feel like that the story is really gaining traction, and that people are noticing, and and I truly believe that like a positive change in the right direction is, is going to happen and we, that we will see a decrease uh, in suicides. Yeah. Like I just, I'm yeah, hopeful of that. Well, do you have anything else that you would like to add about your story or anything you want to uh, share? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I just want to thank you for inviting me and, I think it's super cool what you're doing and everything, but, um, yeah, just be there for people, you know, create a safe space for them and just try to meet them where they are instead of taking them somewhere else, you know, that's everybody go get your pen and paper and quote that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anything that we said, take note of that. Um, (laughs) that's so good. Well, thank you so much for, you know, agreeing to come on this podcast and, and, you know, taking my super random message to, to be on a random person's <laughs> podcast. Um, I, uh, no, Sarah, thank you. I'm just asking all these people with cool stories that I find randomly through Instagram, which is such a surprisingly unique tool to use. <laughs> um, it is. Yeah. yeah, well, and yeah. I'll post, um, your like social media stuff so people can follow you. Cause Ashley's Instagram feed looks really cool. Um, <laughs> way way cooler than mine um yeah, <laughs> so well, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much again for coming on and i hope you have a great night i unfortunately have to go work at old navy so that's so exciting <laughs> one day you'll be doing this full time yeah. girl no doubt <laughs> well have a good night thank you so much thank you Bye. girl have a good one Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. It means so much to me that you listened today. And it is my hope that you will share this podcast with people who need to hear this message. So please do that, whether it's on social media or via text. Just get this message out there to people. And I hope that you will rate our podcast so that we can get more viewers and get this message into the hands of many, many more people and stay tuned for the next episode that's coming soon.